0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at LintonGlass.com.
0: It's time for True American Heroes. For the record with Jack Rutland, another exclusive on Super Talk Mississippi 102.1 FM. Many of our heroes have taken their stories with them to the grave, but this show is about the stories and personal experiences of these veterans. Well, Welcome. We're honored today to have with us a gentleman that's going to be no stranger to many of you, uh, uh, Coach Alton Ricks, uh, who was at uh, Copiah Lincoln uh, for a long time. He was actually there while I was there, uh, but uh, we're actually very honored to have him here, Uh, and today we're going to be talking about his military experiences uh, in World War II. Uh, Coach, it's an honor to have you with us. It's an honor to be here. Well, let's let's get right into the program because there's some interesting things that I I know people are going to enjoy hearing about your experiences. You actually came into the war later in the war because you were young when it started, but uh, I believe you it was in November of '44 when you actually uh, were drafted and went into the army. That's right. Okay, so you were. Um, you were a Mississippi boy. You were living up in northeast Mississippi. Prince County, a community, small community named Wheeler. In Wheeler, basketball country. That's right. So uh, you were uh, you were up there. You got your notice, uh, and they allowed you to finish high school because you were still in high school when you
1: got your notice. Right, uh, Jack. Uh, when I after I had my physical, we had a few weeks off, and then when I came back, I was in my second semester at Wheeler, and they let me finish early. Uh, to get my diploma before I went into service. Also,
0: let you finish out the basketball
1: season. Oh, yeah. We played about <laughs> 55 ball games that year.
0: <laughs> you probably won a state championship. We well, got close.
1: And, uh, we were third in the state on, on 43, 44, a year before. We were third in the state. You know, about wow. six, there were about 600 high schools then, and they weren't mm-hmm. any division at mm-hmm. all.
0: hmm. That's right.
1: Back in those days. Yeah. So, you,
0: you are in the Army. Where'd you end up doing your basic? I did my basic uh, at Fort McClellan, Anston, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you this question because I love to ask a lot of the World War II vets. Uh, do you remember what where you were, what you were doing when you heard the announcement or someone inform you that the
1: Japanese had bombed Pearl Harbor? I was a fourteen year old up in Northeast Mississippi, and uh, I was going into the ninth grade at Wheeler, and. Uh, the next morning, uh, President Frank D. Roosevelt, we had one radio up there. Mm-hmm. We plugged it in, and we all listened to his uh, proclamation at the Imperial Nation, Japan attacked mm-hmm. us, and mm-hmm. we were ready for the World War II.
0: Do you remember your thoughts and your emotions, your
1: feelings? What were what your, what your friends saying? What, what, what was going through your mind? My first thoughts were I had a brother that was already in service. Oh he was 12 years older than I. And I said, well, the war will be over before I'm 18. You know, that was my mm-hmm, thoughts. Mm-hmm. But uh, that wasn't the case. Goodness. Your brother was in the World War II? Yeah, he went through the Pacific, all the Pacific area. Okay. All
0: right, let's 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 get – you got your basic training, and you uh, you ended up as uh, in infantry?
1: Right. Jack, uh, we went through – they referred to us as uh, Marine Infantry in um, about 12 weeks of infantry training and we had to go from the basic m1s on up the bar was uh, my specialty uh, mm. each patrol had a browning automatic rifle mm-hmm. and i was the one uh, chosen in my patrol to handle the bar
0: well now somebody told me one time that a bar which is a, 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 an automatic weapon and uh it's it's pretty a, a larger than the, than the m1 but somebody told
1: me that when you pull the trigger on a bar all you did was hold on well, you're true. Uh, uh, it uh, helped. Uh, each magazine is 20 rounds, and if you touched your trigger, it would fire about three times, and you hmm. could not carry enough ammunition. You had another soldier to help you carry That's ammunition. That's right. It was a two-man team. Yeah, but the good thing about the BAR, it was easy to clean and, and keep up. It didn't have as many parts as the M1. okay. And, uh, okay. We, we, we had to do it uh, without looking, you know, at night and keep it clean and so forth. So you finished your training?
0: You're uh, you're uh, in an infantry unit, Marine, which meant you were moved, not the Marines, but you were a Marine Army designation. Right. And you guys, where
1: you went, you went by ship. Well, that's true. But first, it was geared for in close fighting. You know, they knew the war was over in Europe, and by as results of the Iwo Jima and Okinawa experiences, we we were hands on, close in. Um, we had to be uh, knowledgeable in several weapons the BAR was one but um, the bazooka the flamethrower right the mortar uh, right. and things like that we had we were trained in all of those and a lot of hand to hand combat training uh, oh yeah the, the bayonet was on our rifle at all
0: times wow okay so you finish your basic, you finish your your training, your designated training, and and then you're uh, you're
1: given an assignment and you're given orders. And what were those, Jack? Uh, let me go back just a bit. Uh, the last week of our maneuvers, uh, live maneuvers. Word got to us at night. That the bombs had been dropped in Japan at that time. The atomic bombs. Atomic bombs. At that time, the sergeants lost control of the soldiers <laughs> just about because uh, there was an eruption. Entire we were we had been out for live maneuvers for about four or five days, and immediately that was cut down, and we were loaded on trucks and hauled into the camp, and we were immediately prepared to go to the Pacific, you know, for occupation. Sure. And I got to come home for about three days and then get on a troop train in Tupelo and head to Monterey, California, at at Fort Ord, uh, California. So now you you guys
0: are facing a different thing. You've been training all this time before the atomic bombs right. were actually dropped, the boat, the two of them, right. one on Hiroshima and one on Nagasaki. Right. But, and you were thinking that we're going over there and we're going to hopefully not have to, but the, the reality was the Americans were facing an invasion of –
1: the nation of Japan itself. As, uh We were expecting it in November for the invasion of Japan in November. And we were in a, what was IRTC. And the question they asked, what did that stand for? And they said the R would be replacement. Re- we would replace those casualties. And that caught our attention.
0: Yes. It was uh, the,
1: the casualty
0: count was right. estimated to be. Well, it ought to have <sighs> a million body bags. Wow. Well, and you can debate all you want the decision that President Truman made, but I think it saved hundreds of thousands of American lives.
1: Uh, I assure you, he's on my team. That's my
0: favorite president. <laughs> I assure you okay. that because. Of... But now you're you're been changed to your 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 mission now is uh, from combat to occupation, right? So you uh, you go to Seattle. Am I correct? Right, and you get on a ship, troop ship, and a uh, uh, converted. Liberty, Liberty ship. ship, right? And you're uh, in there with about four the four thousand, four thousand other thousand sardines.
1: Right. That's right. We felt like a sardine. That's right.
0: Okay, but you go the the northern route, which is up through the Aleutians in Alaska, right. correct? Right. And uh, actually, how much time did you spend at we sea? We were on
1: fifteen days uh, aboard this troop ship before we got to the harbor of Nagasaki.
0: Okay, then yeah. interesting. We're going to talk about that. The fact that you your first stop was at Nagasaki where the atomic bomb had been dropped just a few weeks, what, six weeks earlier? Uh, Right. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, but but the the ship trip, the, the travel across the northern Pacific up through there, any experiences other well, than being cramped?
1: I, I was fortunate. I didn't get seasick, but uh, there were many of the soldiers got seasick. We had to carry <laughs> helmets with us at all times. We we had we ate twice a day, and we were had to get in line. Whatever we did, of course, the helmet was used for two. Per- mainly, if you got up uptight and you had to, vomit, you had to use your helmet. That to- was a, quite an experience. Uh, uh, board ship with that many, you know, troops.
0: Were there enough berths for everybody below oh, deck? Oh, there were
1: the berths. You had to fold them up. You, when we got in our, our compartment, you had to get in your compartment where the other soldiers could get in. And then when you got out, you had to fold up. Each bed had a uh, hinge on it, and they would swing up. They were about four deep. Uh, you you had to climb up, you know, about four levels. Uh, so the, yeah.
0: the man at the top was was pretty high up in the <laughs> oh, air. Yeah. I hope he didn't walk in his or, well, or walk uh, sleeper. or
1: we had our duffel bags all were, were attached to the end of our bed. We had okay. all of our duffel, each one of us had a yeah. duffel bag.
0: Did you actually carry your weapons with you then, or no, the no weapons at all? Okay, no
1: weapons at all. all. Not
0: at all. Okay, so you uh you 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 make the trip through the uh, northern part of the uh, the route. Over to Japan, and you end up at Nagasaki. Now that's interesting because you guys knew the bomb had been there, but nobody really understood radiation no, and steep all. fallout not and at stuff all. like that. So. You guys didn't go into the port, because Nagasaki was a city that had a port. It was a major port. Oh,
1: right. It was a rather rather large uh, seaport.
0: So your convoy, I don't know how many ships, if you remember, was it a big convoy? Only one.
1: We're a Lone Ranger. Okay.
0: one. So, I mean, your guys were specifically to be used for occupation. That's what your assignment was for those 4,000 men. So you get to Nagasaki, and uh, you didn't go to the dock. You, You... You
1: stopped, anchored, Anchored dropped anchored, out off. mile or so outside. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you couldn't see the city. Not at all. You could see it outlined, but you couldn't see anything about the city. But
0: I'm sure you heard reports
1: that the devastation was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you were there how long? Uh, Three days before we moved out uh, to uh, Nagoya.
0: You think there was a possibility they were thinking about putting you
1: Guys out at Nagasaki and then change their mind. Well, that's what we thought. You know, we didn't know. You know, you don't know anything when you're a private in the army. <laughs> and uh, but we didn't have tents and we didn't have it. There were no buildings. You know, so uh, it was probably a really good thing a, that they moved a hard you guys. Decision up. To make. Right. So, sure. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you uh, you're you're leaving Nagasaki. Your ship gets underway, and wh- where do you guys go then?
1: Uh, to a, another port named Nagoya. Nagoya. Which is, which is uh, about a half day's travel by, by ship. Okay. Something like that. Okay. And you get to Nagoya, and we what go happens? Go ashore. Go ashore. Yeah. And, uh, You're on Japanese shore. Got on, got on the so- Japanese shore, and we got on a troop train, and um, uh, several hours we came to another larger city, inland city, named Kobe, and that's mm-hmm. where we had, uh, mm-hmm. they had barracks there, military barracks, and that's where we stayed for a few weeks. So, we're, we're almost to our break but I uh, this is really getting
0: interesting because now you're we're talking about the the nation of Japan very militaristic uh their emperor they worshiped uh, and you are now an occupying force and we're going to get into a real interesting discussion about the people that's what I think our, our our listeners will be interested in your interaction and some of the things that you experienced because
1: you were you were in Japan how long? Uh, from uh, late September of 45 until uh, May of 46. Wow. Well, we're, we're honored to have with us uh, a World War II
0: vet, uh, a, no stranger to most everybody in Kapai and Lincoln County, former co Co-Lin basketball coach, Mr. Alton Ricks. And uh, we'll return for the second half of our program in just a moment. Well, welcome back. We're honored to have with us today Mr. Alton Ricks, who is no stranger to the community, known by many folks, a successful coach at CoLin and teacher for many years. And uh, we're thankful that he decided to stay in the fair city of Wesson. And uh, so many folks that I go to church with speak highly of you. And I've seen you many a time at Porches, but uh, I've never had the honor of meeting you, Coach. But it's, it's a treat to have you with us today.
1: Jack, it's an honor to be here.
0: All right. This has really been interesting in hearing you share with us your experiences in World War II because you're, you're giving us a different perspective. Uh, most of our uh, veterans have, have shared instances involving combat or in support areas in all of the different wars our country has found itself in. Uh, but you're giving us a perspective of uh, being in occupied Japan after the war, after the surrender, uh, and you're actually boots on the ground, face-to-face with people who just a few months earlier were sworn to fight to the death so it had to be an interesting experience
1: so yes it was jack i was fortunate again not being in combat but they were defeating nations and their civilian population was in dire need of many things food for instance clothing and many things fuel Mm. and uh, we we were there certainly as an occupation force but uh uh, we were there to support them to a certain degree, but still there was a degree of hate because sure. of the war and what, what and it many of the people Yeah,
0: many of the people you guys came in contact with had lost family sure. members, yeah. sons and husbands, and so there was a lot of something other, hatred, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it, that had to be worked, with, worked yeah. through. Now, I have to say, it's been my experience and the history I've read that I think a lot of positive things came from the occupying force because of the attitude. We weren't in there like, shall we say, the Russians were in Germany abusing the people uh, taking such terrible advantage of them, you guys weren't doing that kind of thing. You had specific and
1: in- tell me what you were saying about the instructions you were given. Well, Jack, we were we had our carbines loaded and we walked. You know, and for about after about two or three weeks, ammunition was taken up. We didn't need ammunition. There was no threat. We were told there'd be a sniper behind every tree and all that, but uh, we never did know of any any problems that we had in the occupation of Japan.
0: So you disembark. you're in Japan now, and you're assigned to a particular city, or how did that well,
1: work? Well, we worked out of the cities. We'd go out in the, in the areas and, and, uh, and uh, pull uh, duty. Uh, I remember one morning uh, about daylight, this young this fellow, soldier and I were dropped off in a small community of a town, something like the size of Weston, and we were to stay there for 10 hours. Just walking the streets. Just the two or, of you. Just the two of us. No way to communicate with anyone.
0: And what did they tell you they actually wanted you to do? Just walk uh, around and be seen?
1: Be seen. Be seen. We won the war. Be seen. And uh, we did have contacts. Some of them came up and talked to us. And the mayor came out and talked to us. And we had no problem whatsoever. And it was quite interesting to us to see their lifestyle. Know that they, they, they were living under some pretty severe conditions. Uh, so, the war. so
0: many of them could speak English.
1: Oh, quite a few could speak English, right. So tell, tell me about – you were sharing a moment ago about the mayor. Well, the mayor invited uh, the private and I in for psyche at 2 o'clock, and uh, <laughs> we, of course, we did not go. We were instructed not to participate in any, um, you know, social activities. Uh, we had uh, – about the only thing we knew to say is moichotama sin, which means I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The ones that spoke English, did you did you have any conversations with them that really were more than hello, goodbye, yeah. you know, anything like that? Well,
1: not really. It did not go in any depth at all. It was just speaking, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they'd ask us our name or something like that. And um, where we're we from, some of them knew something about the United States, you know, really? geography of the United really? States. But it did not go in depth at all, you know, uh, as far as a, a conversation. Let me
0: ask you this. What about
1: the children? Well, that's one thing that uh, the children would follow us around. If we had uh, chocolate in our pocket, they call it chocoletto or chewing gum, in the hopes that we'd drop something off. And I didn't smoke. My friend didn't smoke. But sometimes they would like to have cigarettes or something like that. Candy Mm. would attract – if you dropped a piece of candy on the ground or anywhere, that would attract a mob of youngsters, (laughs) a mob of them.
0: (laughs) I know that Japan was training very young children – To prepare for battle, I was just curious as to whether or not you saw any of them exhibit anything that looked like
1: not at all, Jack. Not at all. We did not have anyone that showed any uh, degree of harm to us as troops, as occupation troops. Right.
0: Well, you you were also talking about the uh, the city where you guys
1: were uh, bivouacked. Uh, You actually had a fire. Right. The building. We were out on duty one day, and we looked back, and our build, our barracks was burned. had burned down. Uh, it was wintertime, and um, we used alcohol to heat—you know, green alcohol—and mm. somebody turned over a stove up in in their uh, building. So it wasn't the Japanese; no, it was just an accident. Not at all. It was natural; it was natural. It happened. Right. My goodness.
0: So you did this through the winter, actually. right?
1: Through the winter, right? Is it, does it get pretty cold in Japan? Oh yeah, we had plenty of snow up there when we moved up in the Yokohama area, up in the mountains above Yokohama we We were close to Mount Fuji, we could see the mountain you know Mount fuji, and uh, I understand it's beautiful, yeah, it is it was snowy and right
0: mhm neat and so
1: I was, so we, I'm sorry, go ahead, I was there for several weeks, and this was the what was referred to as the Japanese west Point the buildings were, and that's where we uh uh did uh it was their military school right mhm-, and uh we were able to travel i uh I was able to go one uh friend of mine and i decided we'd catch a train go to downtown tokyo and uh, on each train you had a car that was supposed to have been for the u.s military but we didn't see that car so we just pushed in among the japanese and we rode that train down to downtown tokyo and uh, went to emperor's palace and a few other places how we got back to our company i don't know yet but we got back (laughs) we didn't know how So you
0: actually saw the emperor's palace
1: oh yeah Mm -hmm. and
0: it was do you know if he was even there
1: uh we assumed he was there but we you know we had no the japanese were coming up and bowing down and uh, you know in worship yep right
0: yeah. right so apparently he was there
1: uh, apparently or, he was there
0: that's interesting because he was allowed to keep his position as emperor uh in the surrender agreement but you uh you actually you know i'm just a little bit surprised that they were able to turn off because toward the end of the war they were the, the kamikazes, the uh, they were, the, you know, they were doing such horrible things and fighting to the death, and yet it's here we are, just a few months after the war, they're able to switch it off,
1: switch it off completely peaceful. That's amazing. Back to Tokyo, uh, Ernie Pyle Theater. I was there, Eighth Army headquarters, and we were able to visit uh, in those those areas on, on my trip Ernie Pyle Theater. That's right, and I've read all all Ernie Powell's books. Well, now you
0: got to tell us because many people don't know that name. Tell us oh, who he Ernie was a, he
1: was Ernie was a war correspondent all the way through Europe. And uh, then he went to the Pacific, and uh, he was killed by a sniper on Blue Island uh, riding in a Jeep there. I have to... Uh, the island had been taken. It was one sniper there. He was sh- he was shot, killed. Great huh? correspondent, yeah. wrote
0: many great yeah. articles, and, and was a favorite because he actually went on a lot of missions with the GI's. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, I was I've been fortunate to read all of his books, and uh, he was uh, a very interesting. Uh, well, he told it like it happened. Uh, he he lived with, among soldiers. He lived in the he dugout. Sure awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you're, uh, there was a couple of things. There was one thing about the about the arsenal. You were going to tell us that yeah, story.
1: Yeah, the first thing, the first night, um, I was assigned along with another soldier in a large building which is arsenal full of bombs and explosions and so forth, and uh, we we're pretty nervous that night. We spent the night <laughs> looking around, and uh, we was, and uh, only thing we were told just don't let anyone come in and bother you, Come in and bother <laughs> you. Let me let me go back to basic training. One thing is 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 a uh, fun now. But we had an infiltration course we had to go through. Right. And this machine gun was set up to fire 36 inches off the ground, and we had 50 yards. It was at midnight to crawl directly into that machine gun 36 fire, inches. 36 inches. And every fourth bullet was a tracer. Oh, my word. And, uh,
0: and a tracer is one that glows when it's fired to help the exactly machine right. gunner.
1: And um, we, we crawled um, at about 50 yards, and in that 50 oh, yards you fell over in a, a tunnel. And that means you had finished your fifty yards, and uh, uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, and um, that's live fire. That's live fire. That was quite interesting. It <laughs> sure was. And, um, Unbelievable. That was, uh, and that like, was training. That's kind of like digging a foxhole, letting the track of the tank run over the top of it. You know, we had you dug it deep. You did, sure did. Oh my word! I yeah. didn't know about that. We did that in basic training. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good okay. Fresh. Getting back to Japan.
0: Yeah, back to Japan. Uh, <laughs> You, you actually ended up uh, assigned to guard duty at a prison.
1: That's right. That's right. Tell us about, about that. Say, well, uh, we'd go down and take shifts, you know, day and night, 24-hour shifts. And uh, we didn't really know who was in there. We knew they were the leaders of the Japanese Army, Navy, and so mm-hmm. forth. And that mm-hmm. was about the limit of what we knew. We were just down there to keep anyone from coming in, anyone going out.
0: Coach, how old were you when you were in Japan? I was 18. What? What was it like for an 18-year-old, a long ways from home, on the other side of the world, in in a really a dangerous part of the world? What was it like? What was the emotion? Did you did you write a lot of
1: letters? Did you uh, spend a lot
0: of time in prayer?
1: I mean, what was yes, it like? Both of those, Jack, and um, it, it was uh, kind of a scary place for a, while, for a while certainly not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow we'd read and heard so much about the atrocities the, the japanese had performed mm-hmm. right but we found that wasn't the case at all and um, we soon got to the point that we you we changed mixed in with the civilian people uh, without you, any fear did about.
0: you did you have any that
1: you called a friend well they would do our, our washing um uh, and do our, our help clean our barracks the uh, uh, and uh, you know it was no problem as far as uh, meeting amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. That's what's okay, but those people were were starved, they were hungry, and uh, whatever we had in our mess kits, you know they they'd take it for food it, now you're getting close
0: to the end of your tour in Japan, and you uh, caught got another troop ship, headed back
1: to the states that's right, uh kind of interesting uh when we got I got the message to uh, get aboard this uh military truck and go down to the embarkation place there was about 300 of us in this large uh, barracks and they called us out and started to call off the names and then you called your name off you picked up your duffel bag and you got in line and got aboard ship they got down to the last one and they didn't call off the name and i was the last one and i said and and you know you didn't say much but i said it's hard you maybe missed one he said soldier going back in the barracks we get you tomorrow <laughs> oh my word so i was the next first one on the list next, the next day, day. The next oh, day you were that close to being I on that close. ship out yeah. i got i caught the next ship though. so
0: you were out the next day headed right. home headed and home. uh you were telling me about a typhoon that you guys got well going over we got look.
1: in a typhoon going okay. over going over and uh and, um, and you were
0: telling me about how rough it got oh the, yeah the ship.
1: it would uh, the uh, ship would uh, bow would go down and the uh, the motor, we could hear the prop turning in the back, popping on the water. It, it came about. And, up and out the, water the water would come up on the, on the bow. Now, talk about seasick. I, I bet that created oh, a little bit a of seasickness. Of seasick, a lot of seasick soldiers sure did. Incredible.
0: So, you're back to the States. You end up in Seattle and they send you. Well, we came back in
1: L.A. We came back. We came didn't come back, came okay. back in L.A. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, went from there to Camp Shelby? Uh, well, Camp Shelby and got discharged.
0: Okay. And I think it's so neat. We gotta just tell this story. We went from Camp Shelby
1: getting discharged. You probably went home. Right. And then you went where? Well, I uh about three weeks I came to Kapile Lincoln to play basketball and go to school. <laughs> I had to reverse that a little bit. For your first cousin, first cousin. For your first cousin. John Ray Ricks was my coach and he had been a naval he was a naval commander of a destroyer in the Pacific. Wow. And went through several battles. Wow. And he was my coach first year, and uh, his brother, Arliss, was my Mm -hmm. coach second year, and he was a captain uh, with Purple Hearts in the the Marines, some in the the infantry in the Philippines. And that coach, Ricks, taught me at Heinz Junior College, but
0: he never mentioned his military experience or his sacrifice. He did not talk about it.
1: He did not talk about it. Amazing. But uh, we we knew. uh, This has been been wonderful,
0: Coach. I'm, I'm grateful for you coming up here you know, I, I, all of our vets, as they came home from World War II and the other conflicts, they were, they were looking to go home and, and start their lives. And I'm so grateful that yeah. uh, you, Alton Ricks, ended up at Capil Lincoln and stayed in Wesson because there's so many people think so highly of you and, and the way you serve, your community up there. And, but I also want to say to you, thank you for your service to the United States of America, and your role that you've played in World War II because every role was important.
1: Yeah, I appreciate these, those nice words, but I don't think I deserve them. I've listened to the soldiers uh, talk about their experiences and how they were much more difficult than mine and during the actual combat.
0: Well, let me just say this. I've never talked to a vet that thought he was a hero or thought that he did anything, but everyone had a role, it, and you're part of the yeah. American greatest generation that uh, helped our country come through a terrible, terrible time. Right, in my
1: opinion, is the right thing to do to serve in the military.
0: Thank you for that. It's been an honor to have with Mr. Alton Ricks from the Wesson community, a veteran of World War II, part of the greatest generation, and this concludes our program. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.